Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Teresa Kearney. She is sales director at Panacea Payroll. We're going to talk to her about the work that she's doing in cannabis and CBD around helping companies with one of those things that every business needs to figure out, which is payroll. And you would think that this is a, a figured out, very kind of basic thing for companies. Unfortunately, for cannabis, uh, it can be a little challenging, as I think most people know here, that there are some financial challenges when it comes to cannabis because of the regulatory issues and the legal issues of cannabis at the federal level. It can be a little bit of a challenge. Fortunately, there are people coming in and, and providing some of these solutions and truces, um, providing this for companies that are dealing with cannabis, with CBD, and helping them. Um, provide this service, obviously a critical component to every business. Getting people paid, you don't get people paid, they tend not to show up the next day. So, you know, it's a, it's a, needed, a needed part of business. So I'm excited to have this conversation and find out kind of where we are, what the challenges are, what's progressing, what the future may hold. With that, Teresa, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Bruce. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So give us a little bit of the backstory before we kind of dig in and all the kind of complexities when it comes to payroll and, and cannabis and CBD. Um, uh, what was your background? How do you get involved in this? Tell us the story. <laughs> My background in particular has been all over the board, 
really. I actually used to be an elementary school teacher. I've done a number <laughs> of things, which you wouldn't really expect yeah. doing what I'm doing now. I've done a number of different things and have been in the sales field in general for 30 years or so. Yeah. As far as Panacea Payroll, I started working for this company 11 years ago. The company itself, uh, the original payroll company, has been in business for over 30 years. We service all 50 states, and we've been doing payroll, HR, and timekeeping for a really long time. So before the first dispensaries opened up in Pennsylvania, because we are located in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. I started reading all about the cannabis industry, and it was coming to our state, and I went to the owner And I told her, we should really be involved in this. It sounds not only fascinating, but something we should be a part of. And so we spoke to a really good attorney who's very active in the space. He gave her some excellent advice on just how to configure the business, you know, how the right way to set things up. Mm -hmm. So we started three and a half years ago in the cannabis space. She started a completely separate company, and that's how Panacea Payroll was born. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've been in the industry since. The first dispensary that opened their doors in Pennsylvania has been our client since day one. And since then, we have branched into 21 different states. Wow, pretty good coverage. Yeah, it's a ride. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. So why set up the separate company? I mean, give us some insights on really what the complexity was, right? When you're doing payable for normal businesses, it's reasonably straightforward, right? You set up bank accounts, you have you know transfers that happen to run payroll, you, know, you collect the data from the company on time and pays and do the deductions and taxes and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's a pretty known process for non-cannabis companies or for kind of regular companies. Why is it complicated for cannabis, for CBD? What was the advice, I guess, this <laughs> the lawyer gave you to and how to deal with this and what were the issues you were having to deal with? Well, the starting point of his advice was you have this company, this payroll company that's been around for over 30 years. It's a small yeah. family business. My boss took it over from her father when he retired. And at that time, I mean, still today, but especially three, four years ago, nobody really knew where this was going or how long it was going to hold on. And he said, you have this company that's been around a long time. Don't put that in jeopardy. You don't know what's going to happen, what could possibly happen. Just keep them separate. Two separate entities. Don't mingle the funds, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. In terms of the processes, it can run, I mean, the whole payroll, HR, moving money, direct deposit, the whole thing. It can run exactly like as if you owned a restaurant. It can be the quote unquote normal way for everything. You just have to be careful and be compliant and be aware of all the rules and regs, which we are. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, on the one hand, payroll is payroll, and it doesn't really matter who you're running it for. On the other hand, as we all know, this is cannabis, and there's around every corner, there's another (laughs) hurdle and another roadblock that you didn't see coming. I gotcha. There's a gotcha around every corner. I get it. Exactly. So we, while we're kind of on the forefront of this industry doing what we do. The industry itself has also set payroll back 100 years, you know, because we have to go back to, in terms of something simple like paying the employees in direct deposit. Sometimes our clients can't get a bank account, depending on where they're located. And if they don't have a bank account, how are they going to get us the money in order to pay their employees by direct deposit? 
Yeah, exactly. Pay their taxes because we file payroll taxes for people, of course. Uh And how are they going to do that if they don't have an account for us to debit or if they do have an account? Ooh, I can't really have another debit on that count because of the fees involved every time there's a a movement of money. So we've had to come up with some really creative ways for people to get the funds to us just so we can do what we would normally do, you know, for any other business. Yeah. So how do you do that? Are people like rolling up with Brinks trucks and things like that? I mean, it would, <laughs> how, do you, how do you get the funds to be able to process payroll? People have actually asked us that. Well, can we just bring you cash? Yeah. And if you're down the street from us, sure, you probably could. Or down the street from our bank, probably uh-huh. could. But we have clients in California and yeah. Oregon and Alaska. We have clients in yeah. Alaska. So that's not really going to work. We have clients who actually send us money orders. Really? Interesting. Money so they're going up to Western Union and yeah. <laughs> depositing money to pay their people. Exactly. Or, you know, a lot yeah. of people in this industry are used to, you know, people just know this. They they wire transfer funds mm-hmm. instead of, you know, somebody debiting out of their bank account. ACH, yeah. And it's just had to evolve like this, you know, that if somebody can't get a bank account or they they don't want to have us debit we've just had to get really creative. You know, at the beginning, when we first started this, we would tell our clients, you can pay your people in cash and you can pay them by a check. And we weren't able to offer direct deposit. But we have since, we've been banking with a cannabis-friendly bank for two and a half, three years now. Mm -hmm. Our relationship with them has evolved to the point that they're okay with it, that, you know, we pay by direct deposit. We do those debit transfers, that kind of thing. And since we've gotten into a relationship with them, it has made our company and the things that we can do much more stable and reliable. We don't ever run the risk of our bank closing us down, Yeah, you know, shutting our account. A lot of people, you know, they know that they run the risk. They have a bank account, but sometimes the bank will change its mind about having their yeah. accounts there or, Dealing with a cannabis business. Oops, sorry, we changed our mind. We're going to shut down your account. Come pick mm-hmm. up your check. But that happens to payroll companies too. I have taken. Yeah, it's, it's. I've heard of you know lots of stories, not just of kind of plant touching cannabis companies, but people that service cannabis companies that get that get funds or you know have transactions with these companies and the bank shut them down too. So even you know as a third party that you know, has no you know active involvement in the actual you know touching of plants. Just because you're affiliated or taking funds from companies, they shut people down. Absolutely. We have clients who are attorneys in the space, packaging. You know, all they're doing is creating boxes and packages. They're not touching any plant. They're nothing like that. And those are our clients also because at one point or another, you know, they've either lost a bank account or they've had a payroll company dump them with very little due process or (laughs) notice or, or, you know, I've (laughs) taken several panicked phone calls. Either my payroll company changed their mind about dealing with us help. or the hotline. You need like a 24, (laughs) 24 seven hotline for people to call. It kind of does work that way. You know, I have to be honest with you. What's the record time that you've done between, you know, when you've gotten the first call to when you've been able to actually run their payroll oh and time gosh. frame? My operations manager is going to cringe if I say this out loud. <laughs> <laughs> There's no guarantee and we're not promising anything to anyone. We'll put those caveats in place. But <laughs> Thank you very much for that disclaimer. Um, I would say our quickest has probably been a three-day turnaround. 
Wow. And it has been not a huge company. I mean, we have companies mm-hmm. with all of all different sizes. They could have one employee. They have hundreds of employees. It could be a mom and pop in the middle of Oklahoma or a company in California that's got eight or nine different locations in three different states, you know, so it really runs the gamut. But mm-hmm. a quick, the quickest turnaround like that is, you know, a smaller company gets me all of the necessary information really quickly. And then, you know, we can, if they're in a panic situation, I would say that's the quickest was about three days. Yeah. Yeah. And what, I'm curious, what goes into the relationship you have with your bank that has allowed you to, you know, have that confidence and and build that? Like, is this transparency? Is it providing information? Is it personal relationship? What what have you found has really helped you with the banking side of this uh, part of the business? Honestly, Bruce, it's all of that. Um, it's a longstanding relationship that in this industry, you know, three years is a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Dog years. Yeah. It's partly that it's partly the fact that they know we never cut corners. You know, we've had to learn to be creative, but always within the guidelines, always within compliance. We don't ever, this is not an area where you ever want to do things in the gray area. Yeah, exactly. Cut corners. You know, it just, it can't be that way. And because yeah. they know we are always above board, they know we are <laughs> on top of the process. Then they trust us that, I mean, we have had people not send money that they said they're going to send, or mm-hmm. we debit an account and the money's not actually there. So the transaction bounces. Insufficient funds. Yeah. But they know that we're going to take care of that. You know, we're going to make sure it works out. Yeah. And when you say compliance, like what are the compliance that you're actually putting in place? Like what agencies, organizations, uh, regulatory bodies are you having to kind of work with or whose terms you're having to deal with when it comes to these transactions and running payroll? In terms of payroll, for good or for bad, there really isn't a regulatory body. Mm -hmm. We move into each different state as need be, uh, as we are contacted by somebody in that state. And we proceed to, if we don't already have clients in that state, the original payroll company has clients in 40 different states. So chances are good. We're already active there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, of course, cannabis adds a new wrinkle and new regulations and new laws, things to keep on top of. But in terms of an actual regular, the good news for us and for our clients is that we can easily transition into a new state without having to get licensed or certified or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Bad news for some clients, not ours, is that any yuts can go down the street open up a payroll company and say, oh yeah, I'll do your payroll and start paying your payroll taxes. And they may not have any idea what they're doing. And you run that risk, which is why you really need to vet the company who's going to be paying your employees and paying your taxes. And how, and how do you do that? Like as a business owner, who's kind of at the point where they need to start, you know, upgrading, you know, making their payroll process more sophisticated. Like what's, what are the things, what are the questions an owner, a business owner should be asking of a payroll provider, payroll company to help them suss out, okay, are they, you know, are they going to do this right? Are they going to get in trouble? Or am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> like, am I, my people are going to get paid? Am I going to lose my money? What are the questions they ask? Well, the first rule is ask a ton of questions. Yeah. Everything that flies into your head, ask it. And people say to me all the time, oh, I'm sorry, I have so many questions. Oh, no, no. Ask me 
questions, as many mm-hmm. questions as you have. And I tell them that all the time. Number one, I'm here to help. I'm here to guide you and I'm here to keep you legal. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people sad to say this is an area where they figure they can wing it. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the last areas you should really wing it. Yeah. One of the big questions is, well, two actually, how long have you been in business and how long have you been in the cannabis or CBD or hemp business? Because like I said, payroll's payroll, but man, this is a whole new wrinkle that just adds an, another level of the need to stay on top of things. Yeah. I tell people all the time, you know, I go to expos and I speak at different conferences around the country. And one of the first things I tell people after do not wing it is you are under a microscope. Sometimes the powers that be, depending on what state you're in or really federal too, you're under a microscope. It's not so much a matter of if you're going to get audited, it's when. Yeah. Don't give them anything extra to look at. Yeah. Is there a difference between sort of cannabis, THC touching companies versus CBD hemp touching companies from your point of view? Or, or basically, is it the same risk and same issues that you have to deal with? Honestly, it should be different after the farm bill was passed. In terms of banking and money, it's really not that different yet. Mm-hmm. It's when the farm bill passed, we thought, oh, great, you know, we can start all of our CBD and hemp clients, we can start running their payroll the again, the quote unquote normal way yeah. using our normal processors. And we went to the processors that we use for the original payroll company and uh-huh. they down the line without his, oh no, not yet. And that was what, December of 2018. Yeah. You know, so we're still waiting. Is this because while, while it was federally legalized that they're just, they're they're worried that something's going to change. Is this, uh, you know, just a stigma? Like what, what's causing the, the hemp based companies to still kind of be under the same, you know, kind of uh, scrutiny. I would say it's partly still stigma. Um, it's also fear. It's also, I mean, in order for, I, I refer to our bank as a cannabis friendly bank in order for a bank to be considered cannabis friendly, there is a ton of compliance and additional reporting they have to do and auditing, you know, in order to be completely active in this space. Mm-hmm. And a lot of banks just aren't willing to do that. I mean, it's a lot. And if they don't want to go through all that, then they're just still going to shy away. Yeah, I'm curious what the fees are like. You know, I, I mean, I know that for a bank to be completely compliant and servicing a cannabis company, there's there's a lot more reporting and information that need to collect and submit, and oftentimes that drives up the sort of the banking fees that a lot of these companies are paying. Same thing with payroll. I mean, how how does this transfer to the payroll? Well, it's not. I have a client who refers to it as the cannabis gouge, <laughs> <laughs> and the first time I spoke to him. He, and he is a very no-nonsense guy, really good man. And he's been in business and also in the cannabis business for a really long time. So he knows what he's talking about. And he said to me, our very first conversation, he said, I'd like you, like you to send me some pricing. You know, I like the sound of your services and the way your company operates. And, you know, I've, I've gotten really good referrals, you know, from other people I know in the industry who use you. But I, you know, obviously we have a board of directors. I need to see the pricing. I said, okay, I'll, I'll do a price quote. Everything is a la carte. We don't package. We don't bundle things together. 
Mm-hmm. So you never pay for anything that we're not actually doing for you. There's no hidden anything. And he said, okay, that sounds great. I like that idea, but how much? So I work up a price quote for him and, and he said, but before I see it, just just know I'm very aware of the cannabis gouge. And I laughed because I like the phrase. I said, you know, in general, for us, the way we operate both companies, there's not a huge margin in payroll in general. I mean, there can be, you know, you work with some of the bigger companies and they're, it's, it's crazy, the things they charge or the, the way they operate. But for us, there are some additional fees because of our bank, because they charge us fees that we don't pay for the regular company. So we have to pass those on. Mm-hmm. But it's not, and as a matter of fact, about three or four months ago, we reduced some of our fees, which nobody ever does. And why? Because the the fees were being reduced on the other side? or Exactly. Yeah. Because our bank, again, after having developed a relationship and now they trust us, you know, they reduce some of our fees. Uh, so we reduced them to our clients. Mm-hmm. And there are things that we have to charge our cannabis clients that we don't have to charge our regular clients. And that's why. Because it's a banking thing. Yeah. And if it involves moving money, chances are good there's going to be fees involved. But we do our best to keep them low, as low as we can. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's going to change? I mean, what's 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 your kind of prognostication on how how these how these things are going to play out? I guess in general, and then I mean, I know there's you know the Safe Banking Act and legislation that's hopefully going to make this a little more formal at the federal level. Is that really going to change things? What's your guess or what kind of general advice are you giving your clients in terms of what the future may hold here? Well, I do think it's going to change. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon, though. (laughs) That's a good consulting answer. (laughs) (laughs) I I try to be cautiously optimistic, but honestly, you know, and we just talked about hemp and CBD in the farm bill, Uh you know, and, and that has, it's opened things up for that side a little bit but really not as much as you would expect. And that was over two years ago. And anything THC cannabis is just going to take longer. And I know the Safe Banking Act and there are people really working hard at that. But before it actually goes into effect, I think it's going to be quite a while, sadly. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of similar, you know, cautiously optimistic. I mean, it, it's going to happen when it happens. I mean, I guess the, the thing is, is that it's, fortunately, everyone seems to be playing roughly in the same sandbox. So, you know, it's, it's going to affect everyone reasonably equally. And hopefully when it, when it gets resolved, it will, you know, then improve everyone, you know, the same level. I'm curious about the state by state, like as you've gone from uh, as you started to pick up clients in these different states, any interesting kind of differences or uniquenesses that you see in terms of being able to run payroll in different states, either because of the federal or the regulations of the state or because of, you know, cannabis related or just kind of general taxation, you know, how, how different states deal with payroll issues? Well, there are certainly states that are more challenging in terms of payroll. Um, We're located in Pennsylvania and actually Pennsylvania is one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oregon is, has a number of challenges just because there's added and not even cannabis, not cannabis only, (laughs) just payroll in general in certain states can be a lot more challenging in terms of the regulations and the number of taxes. States have one or two taxes. Some have six or seven. Some have, you know, depending on what township you're in, there's a different Mm -hmm. local tax that has to be calculated and paid. So some are more challenging 
than others. Um, mm-hmm. But as we branch into different states, you know, we we figure it out. In terms of cannabis in different states, there are some that are a little more challenging because of the additional reporting involved. In there's one state where we are not permitted to. We had to get a permit to process payroll in that state since we're not located there. Mm -hmm. And we are not permitted to debit funds and then pay out of our bank account. So normally the way payroll works, we would go into the client's bank account, debit the funds, Mm -hmm. take those funds, pay the employees and pay the taxes. But in this state, we can't do that because we have to pay everything straight from their bank account because the money is not allowed to cross state lines, even uh, though money yeah. doesn't physically cross state lines. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, it, it's being transferred to a bank whose address is not within exactly. the state. They, ca- they count that as crossing exactly. fund, fund transfers across state lines. Yeah. So we still have clients there, but we have to pay everything out of their bank account instead of... Why, why not just set up a bank account for your business in that state to be able to do those clients? Well, because it's a considerable distance from us. And managing that, you know, because that's not the only state that's like that. We don't really want to have bank accounts in multiple states. Yeah, I get it. It it gets kind of sticky after a while. As a pure one-off, you might do it. But if as a model, it's not a sustainable model. It's not a model you want to be able to explain. No, actually, the first client I ever spoke to in Alaska said (laughs) that, um, and she ended up, well, potential client. She ended up not being a client. She wanted us to open a bank account in Alaska so that she could like you said, <laughs> drive down the street and put cash in the bank yeah. so that we could then process her payroll. And, you know, I told her that just wasn't really feasible for us. Like you said, as a, as a business model, that's not, that's not really a good idea. It's not yeah. sustainable. So she, I, I think she just started doing her own payroll. But since then, you know, we have multiple clients in Alaska and it works just fine without us having yeah. a bank there. Yeah. Obviously a little more complicated with transactions, but yeah. Um, you know, it works. Yeah. What is the process typically like? Like when, when you, you know, speak with a new company, I guess generally when do they start talking to you? At what point in the business? How many people? You know, what revenues? Things like that. And then what's the, in a, in a kind of normal ideal situation, what does the process look like? How long does it typically take? You know, obviously longer than three days, but you know, what, what is that uh, process like for setting up a company and, and running their first payroll? Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> <laughs> My operations manager, yes. I already give her ulcers, I think. In terms of their process, it's it could be at any point. You know, I'm getting ready to hire my first person. I need to set up payroll. In my opinion, those are the smartest people because it's much easier. And I tell people all the time, I have never seen the growth, you know, the employee growth yeah. in an industry like it is. You know, nobody hires as fast as they do in the cannabis industry. It's just, yeah. it's crazy. People go from five employees to 50 in the blink of an eye. You're not doing that if you're running a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And to me, the smartest people contact a payroll company and start actual payroll, paying the taxes, doing it the right way as soon as they start hiring. Because that way, once the rapid growth starts, then you already have the process in place. Some people wait until they have 10 or 15. I've been doing it myself. And now it's just too many people you know, can you help me? Of course we Mm -hmm. can. Mm -hmm. A lot of people come to me. There's a couple big names in the cannabis industry in terms of payroll. And I I get a lot of 
people who come to me and say that I was using them. I think they're horrible. They won't return my calls. <laughs> you picked up the phone the first time. Can you please do my payroll? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it really, it varies. It really does. So that's your strategic advantage is that you answer the phone. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's yeah. kind of pathetic that that's one of the, the factors, but it is. Yeah. You know, the fact that they don't have to call back five times, and even if they have to leave a message, I call them back. If I don't call somebody back within a day, I feel like I have really dropped the ball. Yeah. And you're just not getting that from, you know, a big giant company with a call center. It just doesn't work that way. So in terms of people who come to me for whatever reason, and it could be a number of reasons, we end up sometimes cleaning up a mess which we don't really like to have to do, but it's the truth. You know, yeah, somebody else messes things up, we have to fix it. Yeah. So that does happen. And when you say messes things up, I mean, typically this is, they haven't done their payroll taxes correctly, or they haven't calculated them right, or, you know, haven't reported something. I mean, what, what typically are the messes that, that people get themselves into when it comes to payroll for cannabis companies? All of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you know, the payroll company said they were paying our taxes, but they weren't paying them on time or paying them correctly or calculating them correctly. And now we owe a bunch of money. One of the problems with payroll and payroll taxes is that before you even realize something's been done wrong or you let something slide, you're five or 10 grand into penalties and late fees. Yeah. So it, it can get away from you pretty quickly. And when we take on a new company and we onboard a new client, we spend a lot of time at the beginning going through everything. Again, my operations manager is a rock star. She goes through everything with a fine tooth comb and she has found some of the most unbelievable things. You have a client living in a city that, you know, one of the employees living in a city who's supposed to be pay paying the city wage tax and they haven't been. Somebody's got to catch that up because eventually that's going to come back at the employer and be a much bigger mess. Yeah, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. So in terms of the process of getting someone started, it's really just information gathering, yeah. company information. There's forms that have to be signed, things we have to file with the IRS up front, and in employee information. Once all that information is together and in my possession, it's really, I mean, it's not three days, like we said, but yeah. it's not that long a process. I can have a new client of a, a decent size set up in a week and a half mm -hmm. once I have all the necessary information. I have people who tell me week and a half, they told me it was going to be two or three months mm -hmm. or, you know, there's a waiting list to, <laughs> to start using, I, which always boggles my mind. I cannot fathom. I love it. I love it. Velvet rope, scarcity mentality. Uh, Seriously. You know, psycho psychological sales here. <laughs> I know. What is this? Well, you must be awesome if people are waiting in line. Yeah, exactly. We're not sure if you qualify to be one of our clients. <laughs> we have to do some investigation. I can't even fathom telling somebody there's a waiting line. But, you know, everybody operates differently. Yeah. I have a, a very good, even though I joke, I have a really good relationship with our operations manager, and she's amazing. Yeah. So between the two of us to onboard a client, it's mostly the two of us. You know, it's not like she and I are the only ones there, but getting somebody new started, she helps to keep me on track in terms of any information I may have missed. I help keep her on track by getting everything as organized as I can. 
and you know because we want to start the client out on the best possible initial footing yeah Teresa, there's been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, more about Panacea, what's the best way to get that information? Well, they can go to our website. Uh, it's www.panaceapayroll.com. And Panacea is spelled P-A-N-A-C-E-A. My email is Teresa, without an H, T-E-R-E-S-A, at panaceapayroll.com. They can feel free to email me, check out our website, uh, we do offer a number of services in addition to just payroll and paying the taxes. And, you know, as things evolve, even cannabis businesses, you know, now HR is a big thing. Compliance is a mm-hmm. big thing. And we can help everybody keep all of that in order. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to make sure that all the links in the email and everything is in the show notes so people can get that information. Great. Teresa, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Bruce. I really appreciate being here. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.